Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Star Trek Review Podcast, Trek This Out. I'm your host, Bob, and joining me on the bridge are Lindsay, John, Andrea, and Sookie. Uh, on this podcast, we will be reviewing the Star Trek Voyager episode, Living Witness. We'll be giving our lights out of fire to the story, reading out your feedback, voting for this week's red shirt, and seeing what else happens along the way. So it's time to engage the warp drive, engage the warp drive even, and let's get involved! Star Trek Voyager. I'm going to come to you first, Lindsay. This came out of the randomizer um, of all the millions of episodes of Star Trek. Sorry, sorry, which one's Lindsay? I I forget which one. Girl one. Hello, <laughs> oh. my name's Lindsay. Starts right. to go on. Oh, that that's what. Yeah, thanks for that, John. I couldn't tell the difference between two females apparently. Um, so, Lindsay, yes, you have been very excited about this coming out of the randomizer hat. Um, yeah, like not only was I happy because it's a Voyager episode and, yeah. you know, little Voyager love always makes me happy. It's a good Voyager episode, I think. Um, yeah. Or at least I hope it is. And I think it's, it felt very um, apropos. Like the topics it is discussing are things that feel quite relevant these days. So, yeah, it's good. And it's also as close as Voyager gets to a Mirror Universe episode, which is always fun to talk about. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, so it's definitely a positive from you, I'm presuming. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty yeah. positive. Yeah, cool. Uh, John, what's your sort of yeah, first vibe on this one? Positive for me, uh, I think the uh, I've got a real nice feeling of uh, old Star Trek, simple one story, one episode, where they address an issue and uh, and they just they do quite a good job of like putting different perspectives there. Yeah. yeah, it's a very efficient episode. Episode, I quite liked it. Efficiently yeah. positive, lovely. Andrea, what's your what's your vibe on this one? Well, I quite like getting Voyager episode because I've got no real context or preconceptions because I've only kind of seen Voyager in its sort of random chunks. I, oh. I don't have really a, a sort of holistic view of it, um, and I really, really enjoyed it. I loved it. In fact, I, I, was, I was very, very tempted to just carry on watching the next episode. And then I thought I'm actually perpetuating the reason that I, I haven't seen Voyager in sequence. So so I, I did. I really liked it. I Good. was pleasantly surprised. That's a lovely and positive. So are you going to continue this positive vibe, effectively positive vibe? vibe? Yes, yes. It's very, very positive. I mean, it's always great to have a Robert Picardo episode where he's the main focus of the focus of the story and he did he didn't disappoint he was just a really good story good good character piece for him brilliant fantastic i because I've, I've i've watched voyager through once and then uh anything we've done which is only a couple of episodes uh, to review on the podcast i've watched again i remember this one clear as day because it was a great idea um and like yeah but you'll say rob picardo on it as the as the main guy them all hamming it up and all that kind of stuff, and it's not quite a Marie universe, which is quite a, quite a nice twist. But no, I, I yeah, this is what I re- definitely stands out, and I remember this is when it gets going in it's season four Voyager because it's it's a trails a bit bit, bit behind because it was always sort of meant to be season three, but season four five it really gets gets it finds its don't know finds its feet maybe. Um, cool positive positive episode all in all. So before we crack on and get in deep, it's time to put some space meat on the space bomb. Space meat on the space bone. Space meat on the space bone. Space meat upon the space bone. Space meat. 
Space meat on the space bone. Uh, space meat on the space bone. Um, yeah, Debs. Our Debs has sent us uh, some scenarios, kind of, uh, for us to uh, discuss, and we can all get involved in this as well, which is lovely. So she sent up the following sent the following proposals. Uh, we're going to set up a Trekkie Spice Girls tribute band. So which one of us would be Scary Trek, Posh Trek, Sweary Trek? Pervy track, and the one at the back who looks pretty, can't sing, but gets to marry David Beckham. Um, scary track. Who's going to be scary track? Let's let's go with that one first. Who's scary? Lindsay's a bit. No, she's more. She's more. Yeah, not not scary. Posh spice. <laughs> what the one at the back that gets to marry David Beckham? Really? Is but also, he's posh. And he's very posh. Yeah. No, I think we all need to acknowledge that Suki is the one who stands at the back, looks attractive, and marries David Beckham. <laughs> so yes, that one, oh, yeah. I want, I want to take that role actually. Because <laughs> I can't sing, so I'll definitely be at the back. Yeah, you get to marry Mister England. It's all right, that doesn't matter. Bob can't sing either. He's been in loads of bands. Oh yeah, I get, even get people even pay me money for shouting at them. It's brilliant. I know, it's mad. <laughs> um, so um, scary I think scary trick. Scary trick. Gary Trek. Uh, Lindsay, Lindsay's well, so, so, so the other one is the other one is what pervy Trek, isn't it? So, pervy Trek, yeah. I mean, I think that's she's trying to sort of lead yeah. us down dark. So, alley, so, so you and jump. Andrew are really fighting it out for pervy, right? Are we? <laughs> I feel like I'm scary, sweary, and pervy. So I think you're. Uh, yeah, you're ticking a lot of boxes, Andrea. I ain't gonna lie, and so am I, possibly. So, so pervy Trek. I think I think Lindsay, the dark horse. You do you do come out with a lot of you know. Rude things, Lindsay, that I find offensive, particularly towards males. I feel wow. violated sometimes. <clears throat> Stop trying to deflect. That's not going to work. <laughs> I would own it, but I really don't know that it's very accurate. <laughs> there are several that I'll happily take a posh at. I think I could be sweary or posh or scary. Uh, yeah, because it's a bit. Well, the right hair for scary. Should we, should we put you down as scary then? Scary track. But Sucky's Why the one, not? Yeah, Sucky's the one at the back, and that's because you've got curly hair. Um, wicked. So, sweary Trek. Uh, just, mm, should it be me? Should it be me? John swears as well. John's a swearer. Uh, Fuck you, Bob. Like, yeah, Bob, Bob swears... Uh, John swears constructively, whereas you just swear just for the sake of... Oh, there's spaces. Yeah. Just have a talk. I can't help myself. Because so therefore, you talk, should be sweary. Bob. <laughs> so, so I'll be sweary track, all right. Uh, pervy track. Are we going to aim that, Andrea? It's got to be Andrea. Oh, no. Sorry, Andrea. I don't know if I'm honoured or not. said anything. I think I'm honoured. Yeah, I was going to say I'd. I think we we can put a caveat. Yeah, I think it was for you, and uh, I'd be honoured to be honest, and uh, I'd, I'd own it as Lindsay said. Uh, so that that leaves you to be posh, posh spice, posh tra posh track, John. How do you feel about being Me? posh? Yeah. I think it's just a bullshit segment <laughs> with some bullshit answers. John's hey, not, let's do it. John's, John's, not, John's not playing tonight. I mean, no, no, he's not. You can find me for scary if you'd rather, John. No, John's, John's not scary. It's all, yeah, it's, all, it's all balls and blister with John. That's a, the right word. He's a fluffy space bear. Oh, fluffy, fluffy no, space fuck off. bear. So, I'm so, yeah. sweary. So, yeah, I'm sweary. Uh, Andrew's pervy. 
Sucky's the one at the back of my David Beckham, John's posh, and Lindsay's scary. Lovely. Right, two. You're sharing a house with your fellow hosts. That's us all sharing a house. Oh, Which, there's more than one. There's of three. These. There's three, John. Shit. All three. Right. Three. Our devs has taken the time to write these out. So all right. let's let's do them. Uh, you're sharing a house with your fellow hosts. Which one of you would uh, which one of you do you, do you put in charge of choosing and booking the house? So I presume we're looking for a house to rent. Sorting the entertainment, decorating for the party, sorting the food, and dealing with police complaints. Um, I think I think Lindsay could be good at decorating and sorting food. I think that's your you know like you're organised. You could probably deal with that kind of thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Sucky for food because someone just appears with food. In yeah, his he does. He magically <laughs> provides it. It's amazing. <laughs> magic I was fairy. I was gonna volunteer for the police. Uh, dealing with the police. No, wow. that's got to be Vin. Like, yeah. it's got to be Andrea. We need a I diplomat. Do, I do deal with the police quite frequently, so I'll, I'll probably have the <laughs> oh, experience. We need we're not fir- letting Bob anywhere near them. No, 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 no do not do that. I'm, I don't work well with police. Um, so, Andrea, she, that's awesome. Deal with the police. Sucky on food, because the food what I've been served in your vicinity is amazing. But- Obviously, you're not cooked by yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd have to bring the wife with me because she does everything. Yeah, that's fine. But we don't know it's wife because it's just a hand that appears <laughs> at the side of the screen delivering you whatever these amazing dishes. Uh, so, yeah, please complaints. I think, John, you'd be quite good at choosing and booking the house because you're no nonsense, John. You'll get straight to the point. I don't know if you get us the best deal, though. I think you might just go... Yeah, but yeah. the problem with this is that it leaves you with the entertainment, Bob, and I don't want that. I don't want that in my party. So you want, what, what entertainment would you bring to the party then, John? Well, I, I, wouldn't bring, I wouldn't bring anything to the party. I'd make sure everybody left the house <laughs> and went out to drink cider in a park. That would be my party. <laughs> that would be our entertainment, in effect, wouldn't it? Re- yeah, recreating our, yourselves. Recre- recreating our Stop youth. Stop being so needy. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, and See, then you know, they've actually banned us from drinking alcohol in the parks at the moment. Brutal. Who has? Yeah, technically was. we're not supposed to drink outside. Scottish people are allowed to drink in parks. That is bollocks for well, a start. Well, people in Edinburgh. Oh, Edinburgh is posh. That's posh Scotland, isn't it? Uh, so that'll leave me decorate. Yeah, Edinburgh City Council doing their classic. <laughs> That's just that's just insane. I thought that was being up and down the country right now at the moment. Was, well, what happened with Nottingham? You can't stop people drinking in parks. It's where the it's, it's the homeless's bar, isn't it? A lot of them. So <laughs> yeah, but Bob, you seem to forget that bars are closed just now. So oh yeah, so it's a double bar now, isn't it? Oh wait, it's, it's, and it's nice and outside, isn't it? You're not doing any harm, are they? Um, right. So that... from cleaning up after themselves. Yeah, well, exactly. I've not seen a cat. I've seen loads of dog shits in parks. A lot of increasing dog shits since lockdown because lazy people obviously can't pick their shit up for the dog. I've not seen a can of beer, empty can of beer. So they are cleaning up the dogs. Did you see what happened at Cardiff? What? Did you see what happened at Cardiff? They had a party for last night. Uh, loads of people just suddenly turned up around. You know where uh, Torchwood is filmed? Oh, did they? Mm. Yeah, and they just left loads of crap all over the place. Right, yeah, big last night somebody set up. Today an impromptu open-air concert on it the was, water of Leith. It was playing the Stereophonics, probably, because it was in Wales. Well, oh, no, this was in Edinburgh. So oh, in Edinburgh. We had, it was, This was just some randoms, I think. The but flavors, They probably. brought an amplifier, what, what, and there was what, a lot of people what, hanging around. What Edinburgh bands are there? Proclaimers? I was about to say, it definitely wasn't the Proclaimers. <laughs> I don't know any, I don't know any of the Scottish bands. Miles away. Oh, Big Gun. Big, uh, big Gun. Is it Big Gun? Big Guns. Big Guns? What's that? No, Big Country. Big Country. 
<laughs> country. Yeah, that was it. Okay. Anyway, uh, I think we've solved this one, haven't we? So, John, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm choosing a book in the house. John's waiting out entertainment. Uh, someone's decorating for the party. Uh, Lin uh, Andrew's dealing with the police. We can out food. You're decorating, Lindsay. There we go. I think that I think we finished that one. Uh, the third and final one is the following: You are in the house, uh, and you and you cause a power surge after Bob plugs in the electric guitar and plays Fifth of the Heart at 180 decibels. What a beautiful idea that is! You have no electric or internet. What will you do to entertain yourselves? Make Shoot a drink. Bob. <laughs> do what? You brought fire. Just stop the music. That's the, the way to solve this without any. Shoot, shoot, Bob. So John's bought firearms to this party. Fabulous. Uh, so we've got make and drink interesting cocktails using brown ale and mashed pickled onion monster munch as a base. Or what? Brown ale and mashed pickled monster munch. That, that does sound actually quite delicious. Or Vimto for non drinkers. Love Vimto. Uh, take turns in sanding and rubbing down John's wood or do one of Bob's quizzes. I think anything apart from one of my quizzes. <laughs> I don't know. Dev's quizzes are getting pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, amazing. Uh, should we go with? Uh, I like the monster munch, munch and brown ale. Um, I feel like I should be an advocate for brown ale, really. So I yeah. do feel like that option is my fault. So I'm going to take that one. And I feel I'm not big... sure. I'm not sure anybody can say a bottle of dog is entertainment in any form. Really, is that what it's called? Oh, brown. Dog. Yeah. Is it? I mean, yeah, I used to love it. I used to drink it. See, oh, yeah. What you need to do is you need to make a Jaeger bomb, but with brown ale, and then you can have a dog bomb. <laughs> that is a real thing. Hasn't that been invented? So is the I've brown ale the um, energy drink or the whatever the it is? Drink, yeah. Okay. Mm. So it's Jaegermeister in imagine brown ale. That. Yeah. Imagine that. Because it does. there is something special in secret that they put in brown ale that does make you quite... Mm, what's the word? Lean towards slight aggression and tiny bit of madness. Apparently, there used to be a ward in Newcastle Hospital for people suffering from the, the mental and physical uh, illnesses due to brown ale. Is that, that that could be bollocks, by the way? I don't know. I just remember. That being, sounds very much like it could be bollocks, being, but being I would that. like to say for certain. Yeah, well, I think to re represent ginger fuzzy people. Um, I'm going to have to go for Monster Munch. Yeah, so the Monster Munch Brown Ale Combo Dev. There we go. Right, it's time to get on with this review. Imagine turning the Starship Voyager. Target the first city. Manfire. Into the Warship Voyager. When diplomacy fails, there's only one alternative. Violence. Now the imagining is over. The crew will turn into cold-blooded killers. Resistance is futile. And history will turn into anarchy. No, this isn't possible. On the next Star Trek Voyager. You're listening to the Star Trek Review Podcast. Trek this out. And we are about to embark on doing it in depth, in depth possibly, a review of the Star Trek Voyager episode, uh, Living Witness. Um, it's been a very positive vibe, and we've all sort of got very positive uh, feels for this uh, particular episode. Um, I'm going to come to Lindsay because we know of her love of this voyaginess. So you kick us off, Lindsay, please. Yeah. Um, so I think this cold open is excellent because you have to remember that this came out before we had the Enterprise episodes, which were just straight mirror universe. Um, because up until that point, I think I could be wrong. But up until that point, we'd like we'd always had like an introduction to as as to what was happening. We were never kind of just thrown into like this alternate version of a crew. 
Um, so like when you get this and you're like, well, clearly something's going on because there's leather gloves everywhere and everybody's got darker hair that's got like a wacko Short, style. Shorter, darker hair. Yeah. No, com- yeah. no combat either. No, I know precisely. No combat and black undershirts. And turtlenecks. Um, yeah, like black, black turtlenecks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's and all shit very... lighting up, shit lighting on the bridge as well. <laughs> to be fair, it, it's the leather gloves that just totally get me because they're just so unnecessarily evil. If it's, <laughs> it's just you amusing. Know, I've had a thought about Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. This is completely unrelated, but you know when he's going through the turmoil of going from the dark to the light side, he wears one black glove, one non-black glove. That's a symbol of turmoil of good and evil. Just thought that oh, then. You're welcome. Straight Carry up on. evil, because it's all about the black gloves. Oh, full, well, you got full black glove, you're fully evil, basically, is what yeah. I'm just saying. Say, my first note is, bad wig aside, nice black leather gloves. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the hair is pretty dodged, but most of Jamie's hair is a bit dodged, so you're just going to have to take it, I think. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, 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 sorry, Lindsay, yes, carry on. I, I did interrupt there by... A Star Wars reference, which was obviously out of context of what we're talking no, about. No, no, no. I think it's fine. Like, and I think like the opening quote that we get, which is like, you know, violence is pretty much the the Starfleet way, is quite interesting. And you know, very quickly that something strange is going on, but you don't really have any real understanding of what that is. Um, I think it works really nicely. Um, I think this is a like I love a Mirror Universe episode, but this is perhaps a little bit less lazy, like in a way of getting us to see kind of other other sides to characters or other potential interpretations of their actions. Um, and I think for me, it's, uh, yeah, like I think it's, it, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting episode. We can get into like allegories and all sorts of things later. Um, I think what yeah. I like, I think what I like about it is it kind of, <clears throat> I don't know if it maybe is, but I don't know if it's just me, points to the, because I do love the Mirror Universe in Discovery, but I don't know if in this it kind of does point to them being a bit shit, like someone writing history, rewriting history badly, or re, you know, like I don't know. I, I, but I do like the idea of that because I kind of forgot about the twist that when it started, I was like, yes, I remember this one, but I couldn't remember what happened. And then as it obviously transpired, when that kicked in, I was like, oh, it's that one. Um, and I, yeah, I love that fact that it's the Doctor, this sort of whole like trial. Proving that they're, yeah. they're not what they are and all that, and it's and what I like about it. It's like seven hundred years in the future, but it's kind of like I don't know why that's a sort of a big thing. But I was like, fucking hell! So the Doctor's on his own seven hundred years in the future, and you think he's well, we have to that remember way. that seven hundred years in our past is the Middle Ages. Yeah. Like, what, what what happened in the Middle Ages that we don't really understand? Probably quite yeah. a lot. We've also got that. to remember that, like, since when did the Doctor have a backup unit that was never referenced in anything yeah. else? I have written that in yeah. big capital letters that it would have solved a lot of problems had that backup module actually existed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, you've got to get past these things, I think, sometimes. Sorry, Suki. No, I was just going to uh, say the same thing as uh, Lindsay said there, was which is 700 years ago, it is back 1300 1400s right and you just don't know what was going on in that sort of period it's the same thing on this planet they've gone and taken small little bits of whatever their history is told uh via you know word of mouth this happened that happened and they've just extrapolated from there to create this whole thing with voyager and it's so it sometimes it it's it's probably possibly accurate but then at other times it's just off the chart crazy. I mean, if if they'd have gone to other worlds where Voyager had interacted with the people on a positive way, 
that would have realised that Voyager wasn't that sort of crew. So maybe this this uh, this whole planet was like uh, just by itself in their own little solar system, so they couldn't communicate. But they did know that they had travel all around here, uh, uh, all around the galaxy. But for some reason, this their their version of history is just a bit out of whack, and that happens with our society as well. You could go around. Uh, thinking about two or three hundred years ago, how things happened in this society, but then a bit later on, when you unearth even more details, you find out that didn't happen, that doesn't happen. Well, well, and you know that those things are happening all the time. Like we can talk about whether it was, um, you know, an Indian rebellion or the first Indian War of Independence. Like even now, things that happened much more recently, we are learning that our interpretations or our history of them is not strictly um, unbiased, it would be safe to say. Oh, Andrea? Cool. I think, because uh, when I started my sort of teaching career, I taught history in sort of mainstream school, so I taught from kind of year seven to kind of up to A-level. Um, and I think it's kind of thrown me back to that, because I wrote down revisionist history before they even kind of mentioned it, but like I was watching it, I've put like, oh, so they can stabilise a wormhole, but they need one ship to scare off the Kyrians. Like, I would have some questions here, but more I think about it, I had classes, and I could have told Year 7 that the Romans went around on skateboards, and they would have believed it because an authority figure, an adult, was telling them that this mm. is what happened. And I could have literally, I could have taught them my own version of history for however many years, and they wouldn't they wouldn't have questioned it. They just wrote the answers down in the books. Um, and I think it kind of does quite a good job of showing how easy it is to present a... Because it's a really sort of... It's full of plot holes. It doesn't make any sense as a sort of coherent story of what happened. Um but you could do that. You, you genuinely could, like, if you were like really unscrupulous, you could you could teach like your own version of like of whatever you wanted, and kids would just be like, "Yep, yep," and they would just write it down in the books. If that's the answer to the exam, then jobs are good. And you can kind of see on a bigger scale how like you can present a, a version of history, even if it's not intentional, because people have tried to piece well, it can, together. And you can also. <laughs> You know, what this is trying to maybe point out a little bit is you can, um, you know, bring in prejudice, bring in a hatred for a particular race of, pe- you know, of people, or you know, whatever, uh, which has been done throughout history. History is written by the winners, isn't it? Exactly. And, yeah. And you can see the point of that. Yeah, and it does like a good sort of thing of emphasis, sort of putting that point across. Really, I think, Lindsay. Well, one of the things I think is really interesting is that the allegory is not that simple, particular, or like um, it's not, it's not to use the term black and white, um, which is an interesting term and, and could be problematic in and of itself. Um, but there is a, there's a... there's It's a, not, don't worry. Well, uh, there are people who would argue that we associate dark things with evil. There are people that evil. would argue about fucking anything. We know that. <laughs> well, no, OK, okay. Well. in this case, I think it's actually an interesting argument. However, um, there's... Yeah, so at various points, you know, we see people who come in and are quite aggressive about whether this history is true or not. And, you know, at one stage, they actually, like, start smashing up like museum exhibits, which is something that feels very valid now. But I kind of enjoy the fact that the pe- like the the way it is discussed and the way that the story unfolds, you cannot simply say, well, this is this group of people and this is that group of people from our current experience. It is a bit messier than that. Um, and, you know, the... And I, I just, like, I think that's... 
it's important, but it also means that the conversation needs to happen around it. But anybody who ever says that Star Trek has not been didactic is has obviously clearly never watched quite a lot of episodes, including this one. Like it, it has a message and it's whacking you over the head with it. Well, yeah, what like them statues that people were dragging down because for the race yeah. statues, or whatever. Well, I think yeah, and I think that's. But that's what they do. They go into the museum and they start destroying the exhibits because they think the exhibits are not, you know, accurate, which is something that we are seeing because people are destroying things that are not accurate. Or We have which... seen we, we have seen that through all of history. I think it's just an innate human thing. Oh, absolutely. But it's something that we've experienced more recently. And obviously that wasn't the case in the 90s, perhaps, at least not in everyday no, life. To- it totally was. It, it's just you're not seeing as much of it. The same things have happened continually throughout history. The lessons are never learned. No, they're not. Because the history's always changed to reflect whatever. The Empire is a good example of, uh, of this. The British Empire is just built on revisionist history. And bullshit. And just yeah. to make us feel good, to make us feel like a nation and like everything that was wanted. And were we just horrible, uh, colonising murderers? No, we're not either. That's just another another issue that you've got with that is that people make snap decisions based on the generalisation. Well, it's a lot more shades of grey, unless that's racist somehow to say that. <laughs> and there you go. I, think, I think grey people are all right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, well, yeah. I, um, uh, John threw me then. I was going, I, I was going to tell a joke, but it's, it's gone now. Well gone. Ages ago. It was about the 90s and my liver. It's okay. You look like you've got a cheeky face and I want to say something. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not going to go into the whole revi- the, the whole history thing. I'll leave that to one side. But I just I do like the. This is um, what we're going to say. I was just going to go into some background detail on some of the uh, the story behind the scenes. It's just this is a story was supposed to set up with the Doctor being 400 years in the future, and it was all is completely different storyline altogether. But it was all reflecting on what history was perceived uh, by people in the future, and they've sort of changed it all to incorporate the the Voyager crew. Uh, they were perceived as being bad because of things that have happened within uh, that time period, and so it was reflected by as as you guys have said by the winners, the ones who write the history. They've all said uh, the Voyager crew were bad. Uh, they, they they attacked with without mercy. Uh, they just they made uh, Tedron was a martyr, and then once this all this comes out, the fact that everything changes within I don't know probably a few days, right? So you have full massive riots on the streets because of the appearance of one hologram, who might have history. It's just it was it was it was incredibly short way of telling a story, and I enjoyed it, right? And you've just got to think that maybe if it had been a two-parter, there would have been a lot more things going on in there. It's it, just... could, it could have been a two-parter. It could have been. Uh, Andrea? I did kind of feel like it got wrapped up quite quickly. Like, let's find the tricorder. And then like it felt like it was a bit skipped to the end. Um, I've managed to drop a Simon Pegg reference in for the first time. Yes. Something for three weeks. <laughs> um, but it did feel a little bit like we need to wrap this up. We're running out of time. So I, I, I do think the the kind of the, the weighting of the story, maybe they, they put a little bit more 
at the beginning and did kind of wrap it up quite quickly and just said, oh, well, then he did this and he did this and that's the end. Um, but I think actually, I think what that's like, I, I was thinking about is we've got a really, really valid reason why the Doctor could turn up in Discovery's timeline. And I Ooh. think particularly as, because he's gone off at the end, doesn't he, to kind of explore yeah. and all the rest of it. And if you start kind of adding the time on, you could reasonably have him like turn up in a shuttle. Um, and I think particularly it's kind of Voyager's year or, or sort of Voyager's two years because of the world situation. I think it would be a lovely bit of fan service for that shuttle to just like rock up. Oh, and say Andrea, um, you're tickling my taste buds there. That, I, never, I don't know why I never thought that's brilliant. And there, technically there could be two of them because this is not Prime Doctor and Prime Doctor could still be ticking away in Discovery's timeline back on Earth. Not Prime Doctor, what do you mean? Well, this is the backup module. This is a backup. Oh, was it a backup? Yeah, it's not like we never see the EMH ever again. No, like, no, I thought it was, because it's in the future, and I thought it just got into a little storage device. No, I think my my understanding of it is that he has been restored from the backup version, which was stolen from Voyager, and Voyager continued on its journey. Right, Um, right. With him, it, obviously. It, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, with you. All right, yeah, of course, that would make loads of, loads um, of sense. I didn't think of that either. Um, also, I've, I've sort of I've met Robert Picardo at a convention. Ooh. He's a really lovely guy, um, and he was massively up for being in Picard. Um, so I think if the opportunity presented itself, I think he would definitely be like... The vibe I got was he, he would be really keen to come back and do something Trek-related, but it did just occur to us that, like, actually, in, in terms of sort of, like, a reasonable... I know people get really upset about things if they're not canon, so um, there was there's a good, like, sort of canon explanation as to how we could turn up, um, which I would quite like. I would quite like to see that. So, we, technically, we could have him... You could have him in Picard, like, as, like, the original Doctor, and then we could have him in Discovery as, like extra doctor Greedy. it would be great he could become like the brent spiner of like <laughs> playing 32 versions of himself he could yeah but he's that the thing is with the doctor in um in voyager uh, i mean he did well, i think that was a part of the character he was quite annoying for a bit early on <laughs> um and he displays that bit of annoyingness but obviously you grow to sort of love him um or I, you know i think we'll, most of us will have grown to love him but he's a fucking ace actor like he does, he gets, you know, he does get you, get it, get it across. He takes you on an emotional journey, and he's brilliant at that. There's um, a very valid argument about Voyager that, particularly after, I think probably this is probably where it starts, but it does become like the Janeway Doctor and Seven show, um, and I think that's a valid criticism. But part of the challenge is that they had three good characters and three good actors yeah. that were consistently going to uh, knock it out of the park. And this episode was directed by Tim Russ, who mm. plays Tuvok, um, ah. which is kind of cute. Um, and there was there was a thing in the background talking about him not being frustrated, but having an experience of Robert Picardo as a kind of like, Bob, yes, we could do that, but I have four and a half pages of script I need to film in the <laughs> next two and a half hours. Oh, was he, so, was he a rewriter, Robert Picardo? Was he re- I, I, th- like a, he I think he was quite invested in his character, I think it's safe to say. Amazing. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing, but I think for newbie directors who are trying to get through things, it might have driven you a bit insane. Yeah, well, you, you've got to also look at it as well that this was his only act uh, directing job because probably he got put off with the way he has to perceive actors and the way he has to move actors in the scenes around. And then when he realises this is how he has to do it himself, 
Right, he just decided he didn't want to do it again. He, he hasn't. I don't think he's directed anything they're always within good the at Star that. Trek universe. They're, they're, always, they're always good at that, giving the actors an opportunity to direct. So he knew for future reference that he did, it's not something he wanted to do. Whereas Jonathan Frakes embraced it and became a oh, yeah, fabulous and included Robert Duncan McNeil and Roxanne Dawson, who interestingly is not in this episode because she had just had her second child. Yeah. <laughs> All the way through this, I was like, where's Torres? Oh, Bolana was not you, in you it. You're going on about Robert Duncan McNeil, right? Yeah. He's still directing right now, and he yeah. just directed the series finale of uh, Resident uh, Alien, which was brilliant. If you ever got a chance to watch Resident Alien, watch that. Kazuki, could you give me the chance to watch Resident Alien? Just saying. Um, I've not seen it. I'd like to see it. I know you uh, I've always buy the official DVD. You'll have to learn Sky, how to book Bob, your own... Sky? You'll have to learn how to book your own tickets to America, Bob. <laughs> is, that, is it one of them, is it? One of the yes. You're not putting that on the company account. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, so, One-way ticket. One, <laughs> one-way ticket. How dare you? I'll still have the internet. I'll still be able to reach you. Um, yeah, late. No doubt. <laughs> oh, oh. An on-off button. Uh, there might be a little, there might be a little bit, a bit of a little Easter egg at the end of this podcast, listeners, due to my tardiness, mm. um, which might be hilarious for all. Andrea, I'm going to come, come to you. Give us some more thoughts. On a slightly like less serious note, I want to give a shout out to the hair in this episode. Um, <laughs> the hair? I think at one point Harry Kim had the biggest like you know the flick over his combat cliffhanger, um, yes. which was like the ultimate nineties hairstyle. But then he switched to like you know in the, in the eighties people used to buy that blue hair gel and put half a tub on and slip the oh, hair. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he kind of switched like between that look and the cliffhanger look, which I thought was quite impressive. Um, I've sort of tipped a nod to um to Jim with iffy wig. Um and then she also went for the cliffhanger fringe. Um it was like ultimate nineties. Um I think the, the ambassador's blonde bob was also a bit of a corker. Um I felt like the uh, the hair and wig department really kind of went to town on this episode. And um, so I think there was some spectacular nineties hair on display. Oh no the I do feel like was. we missed out on like the, the mirror universe style costuming though because they were pretty much just uniforms with the, the badges taken off. And beetle turtlenecks with leather gloves. And, and black turtlenecks. But usually when we get mirror episodes, they've gone a bit cray-cray. So they have, like, Im- imperial logos and all that, don't they? Yeah. The, uh, the bit that really stood out for me was Chakotay's... Uh, Chakotay's? They've been full-face, all-face uh, tattoo. Mm. All right, that just really... Badass. I mean, you, you're used to seeing that little bit just on his forehead, and then all of a sudden it's all like halfway down his face. It just looked really very Maori, didn't it? It looked cool. It looked badass. Well, uh, I have literally written Chicote, Chicote, Chicote. I was like, oh. we have now reached the peak of, like, Rob, of um, Robert Beltran's kind of, like... This I'm interest. So wooden. Yeah, I'm so wooden, you could mistake me for a tree. Uh, even in this, I was like... Oh. What, was he not... The, the, was the he not more as an actor? Or, or yeah. did he lose, yeah, did think, he lose interest? Right. Yeah, he, yeah. He, I think he would admit that he got quite bored at various stages. Well, you, you look at the interrogation scene, that is so much... I think that's so badly acted by him. And I think, as he says, it's just because... He's just not interested in the role, or he's just not interested in the production. And to be fair, like Chicote was an absolute mess of a character. Like in theory, like one or two components were really sound, and then they just they got some really dodgy advice, and they then ended up in a dodgy place. Um, 
I liked. I did like Chakot because one thing I did notice from going back and and watching Voyages that I did. I mean, I made me. I didn't realize, but I do have a very. I'm very fond of the characters in Voyager. But you will be if you've watched seven seasons and hundreds of episodes of it or whatever in order. Um, but I've only ever done it once. Um, but I tell you what, because I, I bought this on DVD, um, and the episodes sort of either side of it or near it, there, there was the Omega Directive, and I watched. So I just ended up watching the the two or three that were near it. It's fucking brilliant! Like this is there's a there's two or three episodes in this line that are just class. And yeah, I've really invested. I, I do really like the characters. I would argue that most of season four and five are absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Um, there's all there's a lot of not spectacular episodes in Voyager, as there is with most of the the series where there's 24 episodes a season and lots of kind of filler. Um, can, I, can, can I ask an editorial decision uh, request, Bob? Of you yeah. when you're doing the podcast, can yeah. every time we mention Chakotay, can we do some pan pipes in the background? <laughs> just just so we get Jamie the, uh, saying, the Chakotay. <laughs> Uh, Andrea, <laughs> I know the the much sort of heavier episode format. There's those sort of 25, 26 episode seasons. You do run the risk of filler, but it has made me really miss those quirky kind of almost side story episodes where things aren't just driven around quite a tight story arc. When you can actually kind of wander off and. Yeah. And, get, and I do kind of miss that because I, I think what we get now is we get a much shorter season and it is very much sort of driven towards a, a finale. It, it, it's going somewhere very specific in that time frame. And I think I do kind of miss those, like... Because I, I think if you think, like, holistically over Star Trek, a lot of episodes that I love are those kind of one-off, like, going off on Character, a tangent one? just going off on one, yeah. No, no, I agree. It's, well, I think it, Star Trek, well, these ones were done more as a space opera, for want of a better word, or more. So they had time just to go off and ensure the characters. It's something that TV and music and video and everything in general now... What, what I like to compare it to, what I like to compare it to, Bob, is a steak. Go on. Uh, and a steak always tastes better when there's fat on it to cook with it. Yeah. And these days, everything's lean, 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 flavourless. Yeah, it is. It's because of the quick, quick sort of... Well, I think I don't know if it is true, but I think people perceive this, this lower low attention span or the immediate immediate access to things. So, you know, you don't have to go out and buy yeah, a CD. It's a mix of all those things, I think. Yeah. I have uh, just had a horrible revelation, or a good revelation, depending on which way you look at it. Uh, the term space opera is often used in relation to Star Trek. I think tonight it's, was the first time I realised that it's yeah. not talking about opera in space; it's talking about soap opera, soap opera in space. Yeah. Because yes. it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a, a load of characters, and it, it's got all this time it's, it's going. Vast scale and character. Yeah. And yeah. No, 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 and, and that makes perfect sense because, like, I have had that acknowledgement, but is that space opera piece of never quite clicked <laughs> together? And now yeah, I'm just feeling no, really very stupid. Uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, um, go on, sorry, Lindsay. No, no, there were some lovely little moments, though. I think, like, there were characters who were barely touched on it and given that it's 20 minutes before we get anything that vaguely approximates what we recognise as the characters it's quite interesting but like I, I love the way they play with it and like I say it's not quite as ridiculous as, as Mirror but like you get that moment where um, Janeway says to Tuvok why do you always keep me waiting it's just the right level of like sleazy sexuality they, they need to like she's evil so therefore there's got to be like oh, you loves, know she loves shagging yeah. yeah, clearly, clearly. Because um, <laughs> only evil people love shagging. 
Well, well yeah, but the fact that obviously there's no um, there's no Balana because it's like her one episode off because she's had a child. One episode um, off? That's crazy, and, uh, isn't it? They might have fudged some stuff around it, but um, but like the other thing was it meant the dynamic was very clearly like there was Janeway and the men. <laughs> um, because like the Borg was like off in another bit of the ship like in that meeting room it was like Janeway and the boys like Michelle motherfucking uh, that yo. scene though oh, sorry sorry uh, uh, Andrew uh, on that scene though was <laughs> I, I was sitting there in the, the back of my mind I was going to say generic woman house but then I thought to myself I better not because I'm going to get into trouble right Lindsay's yes got is, that, is that what you want no, but that, that scene, though, it was great. It was the fact that she controls her men just by firing a shot at a console on the side of the wall. That's the only way she can control yeah, they, well, they're the really men quiet. on the They're really yeah, quiet because you've got to shoot it or something, haven't you? It's, it's that, that's fiction, isn't it, now? <laughs> it is so fiction. It's, oh, yes, it's, it's fiction. literally fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea? I did hugely, even though she didn't have a lot to do, I did enjoy Bitch Janeway. I thought it was quite extra. And I've, I've written down that I would watch this show, um, just like them going around being basically space pirates. Um, so Just kind of on that scene, I did enjoy the fact that the boys are kind of just like scrambling around and scrapping like school boys, and she's just looking at them like they're a bunch of idiots, um, which I, I thought was just a, quite an enjoyable sort of little little take on the character um, in a sort of, in a kind of mirrory way, even though it's not mirror, but it kind of is. It's the closest we're going to get, I think, um, I to see I, how that would have played out. I think this is like, this is a sort of, a unique episode. Am I right in saying they've never really done this sort of um, manipulation of history or misunderstanding of history episode before, have they? Or am I wrong, Suki? I'm just thinking. What about the final episode of Enterprise? Right, they're just viewing everything. So, how do you know anything out of all of Enterprise has been oh, manipulated yeah, by whatever uh, Jonathan Frakes' character Riker was doing? Of course, because they came back in for the finale, didn't they? Mm. Very true. Andrea? I was just thinking, what's the TOS episode where they're kind of reviewing the footage where Pike's there after his injury and stuff? It's almost like a trial, isn't it? It's um, a menagerie one, isn't it? Menagerie. Yeah. It's, uh, like the the two menagerie episodes. It's like well, the have kind of a, a bit like kind of going back over and, and seeing it from through a slightly different lens. It's not quite the same, but... Yeah, there's definitely like a history of... Um... Like in Voyager, you get episodes like the Equinox where you get one version of the story and then you get the other episode of the story. So that happened, or the other side of the story, um, that happens relatively regularly. And you get Year of Hell where history is consistently rewritten. Um, but yeah, this is slightly different again, isn't it? It's about... Cool. It's, a, it's, it's a interesting, cool. like, most of what I wrote down were, like, questions about, like, what impression do we leave as we move through the world? Like, most of mine were fairly, like, spectacular, kind of like, you know, we, we, we have an interaction with someone and you might never see them again, but you don't know that that interaction hasn't had a consequence in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like, a lot of my kind of notes were fairly kind of... Deep, man. Big and deep, yeah. <laughs> Andrea? Or... I do feel like there are some, like, some plot holes. Oh. Like, why is the torpedo there? Like, they must have shot at them if they've got a torpedo. Like, how has that happened? Um, and and why, how was the Doctor there? I, I do feel like there is some, there's that skip to the end sort of element. And there are also, there, there are some bits that I still didn't, unless I've, like, totally missed it, I'm still none the wiser as to how that torpedo ended up, like, buried there for them to find. And I don't think they ever really explained that. 
Um, so it, it is a bit like, and I think that's partially intentional because like it happened 700 years ago. So are you meant to know um, exactly, exactly what happened? Exactly the crack. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say that torpedo, was it a torpedo or was it maybe just a supply thing for them to put the medical supplies, uh, a container for putting the medical supplies in? Because they don't know what uh, how Voyager or whatever. It's just a big, massive There's a history of Star Trek uh, putting shit in torpedoes and sending it, using them as like little courier things. <laughs> and people. And people. Um, there's also, like, I think like the Doctor talks at the end about the fact that, like... Um, you know, he talks about him having gone offline when they presumably stole his backup module. So, like, there's this feeling that there was maybe a bit of a raiding going on. So maybe, like, somebody stole some of the schematics and maybe a torpedo um, from its Voyager's never-ending supply of torpedoes. Um, and the the backup module, and maybe, like, that that shuttle was then sunk because they keep talking about, like, digging out of seas and stuff, don't they? Well, it was, a, um, it, was a, it was maybe the trade that they were reputedly doing. Possibly. They were, they were giving them medical supplies and things like that for... Yeah, that, they didn't seem to get that far, I don't think, before it all went to hell in a handbasket. But yes, they did. In a handbasket. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, the, the, the fact, the thing that about uh, uh, how the Doctor might have ended up on the planet, they did say that when Tedrath, the uh, the, the the one that uh, in, in, uh, landed on the ship and took seven and nine hostage, he did tell the crew... His, uh, his own crew to take whatever technology they could. They probably picked that up, right? So, and then they probably still kept it when they got transported back to the planet without telling anybody. Yeah, there are plenty of holes though, because like, uh, like, how do you use a phaser to send a biogenic weapon to a planet? Like, that makes no logical sense to me. <laughs> there are lots of questions. <laughs> like, you know, drive up, drive up, blast through the plot holes. End, ending was good though. So this is this has gone on for seven hundred years or whatever this sort of battle or hatred or whatever. Um and then it comes to a head and they all start getting on in peace, kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's that's the where I start to call bullshit. Yeah. Because I think that the because it's like you've got like nested you, you both of them are looking back at you know reconstructions. And they reconstructed that and said, Oh, we all got unity in the end. But it's never that simple, and um, uh, I think that reconstruction that they did at the very end might have just been bullshit as well. Could it be? But how far how far ahead do you, do you think that reconstruction that bit at the end was set? Was it maybe another thousand years when everything has actually? You well, know, it'd have to be. It'd have to be at least a, a few generations, wouldn't it, to get rid yeah. of this sort of? Do they not say that the doctor stuck around for like a couple of centuries? Something like that, and then yeah. yeah. Well, so the it's surgeon, surgeon, surgeon general, surgeon chancellor, surgeon chancellor. It's yeah. an excellent made-up title. Um, yeah, I think you're right, and I think what I did appreciate was the fact that there was an acknowledgement that the 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 museum guy whose name I can never remember, Quarren. That's the one, Quarren. Um, was he like was, this. Was this didn't story. just happen overnight. This has been building for some time. This has just been like the trigger that pulled it. It wasn't that you yeah. know they were all happily ever after. He was a really good actor. I thought he was a strong actor. That fella. I don't know who he is. I've seen him anything before, but he were good. I thought he were very good because sometimes it can be a bit shit actors, can't they? But he was one of the good ones. Yeah. Uh, right. I'm going to come quick fire, and I'm going to start with you, Sucky, because you're looking at me with them beautiful eyes. No. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> it is with love as well, Bob. Thank you, my friend. It's no right problem. back at you, the love. Thank you. I can feel them burning into the back of my <laughs> <laughs> Um the that actor's name was uh, the played Corin was Henry Woronich. He's a, like a, a Polish American actor, right? Uh, so he lived through the war and all sorts of angst through the war. Like, um, I was going to say, there's uh, Neelix as a bridge crew member. I think this is the yeah. first, maybe the only time that he was a part of the uh, the bridge crew. Uh, Oh no, we do see him in uniform once or twice. This is not oh. the only time. Um, I like the fact that Tom Paris is chasing female ensigns, and this is all sort of logged into whatever the uh, the Vascans and the Kyrians uh, know about the Voyager crew. That Tom Har Tom Paris was a bit of a lech, uh, and I like the fact that he calls um, Neelix Hedgehog. Oi, Hedgehog. Hedgehog. Uh, they haven't. Se they don't seem to have a word for a, a personal log. They call it a, a personal almanac, which was a nice thing. So they, they do have a word for that, then, they, don't they, they? They've got their own word for it. No, so I mean they have. Them. They don't. They've got their own. It word. translates differently. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, I like the way that they, the way Tedron was conceived as a martyr, and the, the way they portrayed it was he brought a female companion on with him onto the ship and that's the way he's been portrayed as a man of peace uh, with a female companion and he would stood up to his principles and then he got killed then it's all of course uh, put up uh, just turned around in there and realised he's actually like possibly what's the word terrorist maybe um, yeah I like, also, or a freedom fighter yeah, depending freedom on which fighter. side you're on yeah, yeah that's it Daleth uh, who's the ambassador uh He's there in negotiating for medical supplies, but the first chance he gets, he goes and shoots somebody. Right? So, I was just thinking that's that's a bit weird for your uh, your ambassador to ambassador be doing to shooting people. Yeah. No, I, like I think you have to remember that like, yeah. you you can fight a war on two fronts simultaneously. Like I'm pretty sure there were some generals who were out trying to like get f like food and medical supplies for their soldiers who, if faced with an opportunity, would have taken out a Nazi. Like you know. Yeah. Okay, uh, and oh, it took me a while until I realised because the next episode, no, no, it's not the next episode. It's uh, the preview episode that was on Netflix showed showed me who that uh, crew member was when they showed a Kazon crew member on the ship right mm. at the beginning, and I was thinking, who that? What what creature is that? And then Netflix showed a preview, and then I realised it was a Kazon crew member. And I think that Bob, that is the end of my notes. Lovely, uh, Andrea. Over to you. Um, I just made note that someone says, "Like, oh, I don't like hate them. I have Korean friends." As if to say, "Like, I'm not racist." <laughs> I'm not racist but, but, yeah. like... <laughs> but, but that's the thing where the allegory is interesting because it, it's it's the people who are challenging the history who are saying, "I don't hate you. I've got like whatever yeah, friends," yeah, yeah. which I think is interesting. Um, I thought it was it was quite like interesting seeing like the people were allowed to poke around and touch the exhibits. It was a bit like um, space beamish. If everyone's space ever heard beamish. of um, yes. the uh, open air museum in the, I would I would call it space new Lanark, but yes, it's the same same principle. Get to beamish, um, it's cracking day out. However, new Lanark also very good. <laughs> However, when I, I saw the kicking off and smashing up in the museum, I did feel like that was like a potentially a school trip I was in charge of. <laughs> um, I also made note of the word almanac, but I said that didn't work out too well for Biff, um, which is a Back to the Future reference. Oh, if anyone's yes. familiar with that. 
Um, at some point, they, they have to go and look for something in section 31, which I yes. yeah, that's in my an intentional um, little yep. drop in there. Um, I think I've pretty much covered. Um, I think I've covered my notes. Lovely, John. Yeah. Hello. How are you doing? Notes. Yeah. All right, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, John. Yeah. Have you Excellent. got any notes yeah. there? Not really. I, I I did a few notes, but I kind of like just like as usual start to get just get into the story because it's yeah fairly easy to get into. It's frustrating because you can see where it's going, uh, and so there is that about it. There's no there's no real there's a little bit of peril for the doctor, but all this talk of getting uh, him getting deleted. I felt like that was just a little bit of like was sticking that some sort of peril for the doctor to make everybody peril, feel it, it but. Well, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, uh, aside from the, like the, the the ethical and morality stuff that it covers, and the admission or the just genuinely uh, acknowledgement of the fact that history is full of shit ninety nine percent of the time, mm. and then people use it just to justify everything they do. Yeah, that was the interesting part of the story for me, and the rest yep. of it was just tap. But yeah, <laughs> I'll go but, but no, I definitely found that. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the interesting history manipulation <clears throat> yeah, part of it. Uh, Lindsay, let's empty that tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we've covered most of it. Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, I thought it was quite interesting when in the recreation, um, um, as well as having uh, short hair and black leather gloves, they also all refer to Jamie as sir, uh, which is another little play on that. Um, yeah, in real life. No. Do they not? Captain. No, she's it? captain. Yeah. Is she captain, right? Mama a push, and she'll tell you when it's a push. Um, <laughs> it's a whole big thing in like episode one when she tells Harry mm. to relax before he strains something. Um, He's so cool. stand at ease before he strains something. Anyway. Janeway is so cool. <laughs> you just had to say that, didn't you? Because did, you hadn't yeah. managed thought, to get in the Janeway thing. It, so I need to say it. <laughs> Um, yeah, the EH, uh, the EMH backup module would have saved a lot of problems in a lot of other episodes. So maybe, maybe they all come after this and I've just forgotten. Um, and they no longer have a backup module. Um, like, so this guy, so Quarren, when he reactivates the EMH, if he genuinely believed that this was, even if it wasn't an android, he was the version of the Doctor that they had recreated. Like, I feel like he would have been a bit more careful around him. Because, like mean? the. Well, because, like, he was evil. <laughs> like, if you're expecting to resurrect oh, somebody who's right, evil, right. you'd yeah, think you'd, yeah. like, have your guard up. But he's, he's very much an interest he in was, his story. I think he was excited because he was going to confirm his life, t- you know, his life sort of work, that, that, that this is what it is, and this talking thing is going to confirm it. And he kind of went, I don't care, it's just going to happen, because I'm so excited about it, maybe. Indeed, perhaps. Um, holographic Rip Von, uh, Rip Von Wilken, Winkle, even I can't say, uh, which I thought was quite funny. It's a good kind of... That was a good uh, line. Was. Um, getting home to Mars also amused me because I am simple and simple things amuse me. Um, How would they have even known about Mars? Well, because they'd yeah, also they managed to pull enough up. of the... Enough of like Voyager's records from something that they knew that they were aiming to get home to like a specific solar system. Mm. Uh, yeah. The the canon seems to say that Voyager was uh, created or made at a Mars uh, base, so that there might be some stuff on there where uh, Voyager was actually created. Yeah, yeah, is Utopia Planitia not based like in orbit around Mars or somewhere? Um, it's all very complicated. Yeah, you build spaceships in space. You don't build them on the ground and then take them off. 
even if they're called Enterprise. Right. Um, we had this last last time, didn't we? About we that, did. about yes. the Franklin, yeah. Um, one of the other things I was uh, I wrote down was once you realise you're wrong about something, like how how terrifying slash important is it to also stop and think about how wrong you must or you might be about other things. Um, I think it's really interesting, like when we see the Doctor wondering about the fate of the crew, because obviously at the start of Voyager he is. Uh, an EMH and only an EMH and obviously by this point he has developed significantly further than that but like I did think there was a bit of me that was he's got nothing to lose like either he is so invested in like being human that actually his his continued existence knowing that A, a version of him already exists and B his, everybody he knows and cares about is no longer there is quite a different place to be um, that was interesting and he makes a quote about like you know I'm a doctor I, I, like I do no harm and I'm like yeah, I've seen you do harm, Doctor. In the right circumstances, you absolutely do do harm. But yes, I take your point. Do do. You do. do you do, do in do, fact do, do harm. Do harm. Do, do, do. <laughs> and there's a do, quote do about harm. history is always up for debate. What matters is today and what happens now, which is at once important, but also it's very easy to say when history has historically been in your favour. <laughs> history does matter, um, would, and our interpretation I, of it matters. It may not change anything. The problem, the, I think the, the, what he's actually saying there, and you're right in that interpretation of it, but what he's saying is that you, unless um, you draw a line under things, then it's just going to perpetually loop like a loop, continue to be an issue, which is, but as you say, it depends on which side of the privileged line you're on. Uh, yeah, if you're sitting on the victor side, it's really way, easy to be like, oh, let's just call it quits fine, and move but, on. But moving forward, how how do they resolve anything if they just carry on uh, with the same old beefs that they've always had? Yeah. and, and Practically and I think, speaking, I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think you know, there's, a, there's a really big question that kind of sits on that divide about things like reparations. Um, and it's huge. Think, it's massive. I, like, I, I, how, how do you yeah. deal with some a, a system that has been systemically disadvantageous to an entire group of people? Um, well, and move you, you on to draw a line on together? it. You draw a line on it, but that means millions of people are unhappy with that, and other people are happy with that. And yeah, but unfortunately, what, the people who are happy with it are the people who have historically had the advantage. Well, the, yeah, the problem the problem is, of course, that the ending assumes that that was actually done, and and I like to think that in in a if we were to say right stop, and to do that, which is practically impossible then we might be able to resolve issues quite quickly in a in a nice utopian star trekky way oh, that'd be lovely <gasps> in, a, in a world of limited resource and uncorrupt governments let's do a thing There's no such thing as i know i know that's the problem but that's what you need in order for that to truly work i think it'd be nice though wouldn't it if we could do that it'd be thing. nice wouldn't it it's a good thing to aim for you'd have to draw a line with it with something like a massive global Pandem- oh, no, oh no, even that's not <laughs> a good job. It's just made it more corrupt. Uh, Lindsay, have you finished and emptied your tank as yet? The, oh, my last piece of information is the photograph of the doctor that they use at the end. It's Robert Picardo's cast photo, which is hysterical. <laughs> like, they didn't even take another picture of him. They've just, like, gone to the art, like, the publicity department and stolen his publicity oh. shot for that series. Just it's just necessity, isn't it? Thank you. It just amuses me. It I just think, amuses me. I think my thing is just to put some big emphasis on I love an evil doctor in the mirror universe. And I love his like um the put put the uh 
eyeglass Stop things lens. in, contact lenses in, yeah. Uh, and he plays it cool. I love I love an evil doctor that just will do all these weird science things to people. Also, if I was a hologram, because obviously I am bald. But you should stick out the Nazis. They did loads of that shit, Bob. You'd the, love it. The, the, <laughs> the Nazis were really good at it. Have you ever heard of this guy called Mendel? Mm. Isn't he, doesn't he play for Leicester? Right, <laughs> so... But if I was a hologram... The upset Deb. The upset Deb. As a bald man, if I was a hologram, I would have, I'd put, I'd hollow, I'd hollow project hair on myself. So I thought maybe at he's least... Not, maybe, maybe that's... We've moved past that in this utopian Star Trek world we were in. I, but I think he should have put a, like a spiky flat-top Nazi haircut on and then do that... that so him. you do know that he's modelled after his creator? Yeah. But he can still. Zimmerman is bald, and Zimmerman clearly has a lot of faith in his own appearance. Hologram, you can go just update the program for a nice head of hair. Yeah, but Zimmerman's built him with a a, a kind of a belief that his current appearance is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, he's he's a bald man. If you got, if you got, it is perfectly acceptable. If you got, but if you're bald, fucking shave it off. Stop clinging on. That's all I'll say. Or if you hologram, make it grow. That's Harry, just Harry modern Kim. fashions. How? Get a grip, Bob. <laughs> Go back 20 years, nobody ever did that. Yeah, because they look ridiculous. Describing yeah. modern morals and fashions. It's, it's not like he's a got a comb-over or something. Because yeah, if he had, like, that would be a problem. Like, if we were talking about a comb-over... Like... No, Harry Kim's got enough hair to go around. He could borrow some off Harry Kim. Um, but no, I'm, I'm saying it's a thing. I'd say it's just a personal preference. And also, comb-overs have never been good, even on the Charlton Brothers. Right. Uh, let's put some lights on this. How many lights you see? There are four lights! I asked how many lights you see. Lights out of five. I'm going to come to you first, John. Give me your lights out of five for this adventure. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go four. It's good for the yeah. content, but there are flaws in it that annoy me. Fair enough, but four is yeah, still pretty four. strong. Four out of five strong, John. It is, it's a strong episode, but... Yeah, yeah uh, Andrea... Well, I was going to give it a four, but I feel like I was much more positive than John, so I, I feel like I should really up that. But like to me, four is like it, it's a positive four. Yeah. I, I, I did like it. Yeah, no, cool. Uh, it's okay. Four plus. Four plus, yeah, four plus. It's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's very, very, very positive, but it, there's been flaws being pointed out left, right, and centre. So I can't really give it a five. So it's going to be. You've a four. spoiled it for Sucky. Nice, good job, yeah. lads. <laughs> Evil people. <laughs> I'll make a revisionist history of this later. <laughs> so you're going to go four. Four, Sucky. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm going to. I mean, yeah, four. But four is a good score. Um, it's a really good episode. I was chuffed. I mean, when it came up, I was like, I don't even know what that is. Uh, and then when it came on, I was like, I do know what that is. And I remember it out of all of the hundreds of episodes I watched back to back on Voyager because it's a good, strong episode. So, yeah, definitely a strong four plus from me. Lindsay finishes off with our lights. Yeah, um, I think you guys are pretty, pretty head on. It's not like it's not one of my favorite episodes in terms of it's not something that I like look out and watch for joy, but I really enjoy it. I think it's a solid it, episode. So it's four. a memorable episode, I think, because yeah. everybody remembers it. I remembered it. So like, as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, I know exactly which one that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, because the, oh, so, yeah. no, by the not by the not name, the title, but, but yeah, as as started, yeah, yeah, and it's because to do merge into one when you're watching, because you, well, I, I've I've watched we a binge it, don't we now? Yeah, and they just kind of go, you know, oh, that one, but this one, yeah, it was definitely in the mind, and, and everybody's humming the fuck out of the theme song every time it comes up. It's my favourite theme, I have to say. Oh, like, Voyager. I, I, 
I have to say, I always write it down. I fucking love the titles. I'll the theme the titles. And, uh, I d- I, if we're doing them or not, if we're watching it binge watching it, I'll skip them. But it, apart from Enterprise, obviously, because of the amazing song that presents itself. But yeah, I did listen to it. It is a, it is a very good theme tune. Yeah. Awesome. Well, enough what we think. Let's find out what you think in listeners' feedback. Let's find out what you guys think in listeners' feedback. I'll kick off with Joel Alderson. Uh, love this, uh, but like many treks, my dad had a talk. Uh, my dad, I oh, had a talk about revisionist history on how people would view recent history in, say, a thousand years. Yeah, cool. Uh, and uh, Andrea, we've got Joel Fox. Like the clever way they showed it, like it was the Mirror Universe episode for Voyager. Uh, John. Sheer Ricky Hubris says, I'm looking forward to hearing the host's thoughts on this. I would love to say I'm moved by the Doctor's plight or inspired by the ideas about how history is recorded. But honestly, I just flipping love the regular actors all get up to, to ham it up as evil yeah. versions of themselves. As in. Uh, and finally, Lindsay, do you want to read this one? Yeah, of course. Um, so we've got Ships Deep Dive. Um, love it when Trek shows good people bad. They really like to also dim lights down a lot and costumes way more badass. Um, story is a good standalone one of how history can be a pack of lies written by people who wasn't there. Uh, looking forward to your views. Four out of five light fandangos. Fandangos. Thanks, Cliff. Nice. Good England. Um, cool. Uh, well, it's time to vote for this week's Red Shirt. <laughs> I woke up this morning, put on my red shirt. Oh, red shirt time! Uh, Sucky, I'll come to you first. Who's going to be the host you oh, believe to be the worst is... this week? Well, as What's I keep time? making the same mistake, I can't vote for myself over that same mistake. So I've got to pick somebody else, and I don't know. What's your mistake? Oh, that you vote for yourself, right? Okay. No, he, keep, he keeps misnaming the female generic host. Oh, that's yes. terrible, isn't it? So he probably doesn't even know your names to vote for you, so it'd be me or <laughs> Yes. Cool. Um, plan. Do you want to expand? No, I don't. Do but... Get it down to one person rather than two? <laughs> yes, I'm going to vote for... I don't know, really, because there's nothing really been bad said in it. In the, in the whole episode, nothing right. really two minutes. I'll bad mouth the shit out of you if you want. So <laughs> you make it easy. You go on the John, do that, and then I can vote for you. No, I can't be bothered. You're so nice. Yeah. It's too Pretty. nice, okay. Too nice, okay. Such a lovely I'll man. I'll vote for John because he can't be bothered to do what I tell him. <laughs> he can vote for John because he can't. I can't be bothered to slag me off. Amazing, yes. amazing. Uh, Andrea. Oh, um, I don't know. Well, I could vote for Sucky because I, I am generic female host again this week. But you named yourself there, though. I could. Oh, I could that? vote for Bob for being late, or I could vote for John for like moaning about Bob being late. <laughs> um, Tough, isn't it? I feel like I haven't voted for Bob for a while. I've Andrea, Bob's I've, turn. Yeah, I know. Thank you. I have got away with it for far too long. Uh, cool, one for me, one for John. Uh, John, you vote. Look, Lindsay, you're, <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. Biggest fan. Uh, I'm your biggest fan. So 
it makes it very easy to not give you a red shirt this week because Andrea's mentioned it. Bob was fucking late. What's that? Oh, I didn't realise, yeah. John. I didn't, yeah, you I were didn't, fucking late. I, I was sat there for ages, staring at her, waiting for you to let seven me in minutes, and all that seven shit. Seven minutes. Literally didn't get in until 14 minutes past. And I'm fucking that checking. Was, that's because you got mad with yourself for the extra seven minutes. And he's trying to defend himself now, needlessly, despite having just basically killed a person with <laughs> his bad behaviour. That's I've gone over the top there. But yeah, it's you, Bob. Thanks, John. No, no, I agree. All I was meant to do was apologise for being late, but I just found it more amusing to make it. He, he was on the other end of this uh, Zoom call, and he just kept saying, "I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going <laughs> to let him in. I'm going to let him sit there." I know. I know. I was sitting just... there waiting. It. I was. He's just I very close. close. Would I, I do change that? my mind to Bob now? <laughs> Would I do that to you, John? Would I do that to you? Yeah, you fucking did. So I've got two votes. Have I? Have I got two votes? Oh my God, uh, Lindsay. Yeah, so I can't really vote for someone for being late because I was late last time. However, I can vote for you being dick, a dick and not noticing when John was sitting in the waiting rooms to let him in. I didn't do no, that. No, he did notice. He was just being Bob. I didn't That's even that. more dickish. Well, really. whatever his dickish <laughs> behaviour was about not letting John in when John was sitting in the waiting room, I am voting for Bob for that reason. I didn't. I let John straight in. I put a message no, in. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. I, I did. There's three witnesses on the phone call. Right. I'm going to. I'm going to be a living witness now. I logged on to Zoom at seven minutes past six. Yes, it was meant to be six o'clock. I was running late. Revisionist bullshit, Bob. Revisionist I, I had, bullshit. I had things to do, and as soon and then and then I was just waiting for John for ages. I didn't see a notification and then when he sent the message and he said you let me in I let him straight in I did send him a message going wait five minutes though just just as a joke but at that point I let him in I let him in straight away I was late though I'll admit that but I won't I will never admit that I left John out of the room just to wind him up I wish he had done because that would have been even funnier cool I'm going to vote for uh... you're going to kill your character in how you get oh D and D's threatening me D and D oh my god yeah. this, this scares fucking, me I'm fucking god in that game Bob you're dead <laughs> you just I'm gonna be there on time hello sir hello sir <laughs> hello dear brought you an apple yeah, brought, <laughs> <laughs> I put five hundred pounds in your bag um, oh god I, 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 I'm, yeah you've all been awesome this week it's me that's been a bit of a twat uh, and late um, so I might as well just vote for myself because it's going to be me anyway how are you going to kill me I'll vote for you sucky, you, fucking, you fucking little real maker you little goody two <laughs> well, shoes well you only made the rule in the first place so no how old are you five or yeah, six yeah again Andrea's got away with it again she That's never gets picked unbelievable death Andrea plan. I've got a death plan for Bob though Go, oh, on nice. oh, this, Go on then. Go on then. Go on then. Bob's Bob's consciousness is going to be downloaded, and then it's going to be used in the museum of the future to tell people <laughs> about twenty-first century life, where he's going to be tortured for all of eternity by school children. Oh God! Yes. No. <laughs> You'll be oh. like a little podcasting exhibit. That'd be horrible. This is. I can't imagine how small the memory stick would have to be to stick with Bob's <laughs> mind. <laughs> Well, well fucking... you can get the entire doctor onto that thing. Then. <laughs> well, floppy disks from eighties, wasn't it? Well, it only yeah. start a killer by it or ever. Um, and also, and the reason why podcasts that no longer be listened to is this man here, Bob Fleming. Uh, cool, right? Well, it's time to um, engage the randomizer, and we'll find out what we're going to be watching next time.
John, will you start crunching them buttons, beeping them beeps? Let's Let find me know out. when you're ready. I'm ready for you to start a crunching and a beeping. Right, so, let's, let's press this out. button and see what comes up. I'll watch you next time. Oh. Yes, nine. Season 5, Episode oh. 2, The Ship. The Ship? DS9, oh. Season 5, Episode 2. Awesome. Is that the one where... The Defiant comes in, maybe. No, it's another one where they build the weird ship and um, Cisco and his son, like, oh, on the no. weird solar ship. Oh, that one. Uh. Yeah. I think I'll just watch this, Craig, because I'm to about... I think I'm to about Episode 13 or 14, but there was quite a gap. I think I've watched uh, this you're on your, You're on your rewatch, aren't you? Look I at I've just bought I've just bought DS9 and Voyager all on DVD because I like collecting stuff. So yeah, I if it is that one with the uh, with Jake and and Cisco go out in the solar ship, it is a bit shit from what I remember. But it might be good. I don't know. Sucky. Yeah, I was just gonna say you buying them discs is probably a good thing because there's rumours that Paramount Plus is going to be. Opening up, off uh, st yeah, streaming service over in the UK, which means it'll be coming off Netflix. Well, I've got oh, all, all the new all track will be coming off. Oh. I've got all Star Trek now, so uh, so yeah. But but we'll see. We'll, not, we'll, we'll be able to get yourself on a Pan Am. Yeah, we're gonna say we'll get access to it somehow. <laughs> so let's not worry. So next time we will be reviewing a DS9 adventure, uh, the ship. Uh, but until then, it's goodbye. Bye. 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 Fucking hell, alright. Uh it's good job I have uh, I have um, what's it called? I'm like what's oh, it called? Petrol lateness. I'm not late. I'm not late. I just so basically people should know as a prerequisite that I'm gonna be about five minutes late because that's our roll. Then don't schedule it for six o'clock, schedule it for five past. Well I fell asleep as well. I've been I've done a fourteen hour day. So yeah, it is your fault you're late then. Yeah. I, I fair need enough. to get Alfred sorted and Deb sorted and make a cup of tea. My life is stressful, John. I know, but you had it fucking scheduled, so you should have known. Oh, this is this is well going at the end of this podcast, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>